Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, July 9th, and this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me next week to get in on the action. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Annie O'Donnell. You may know her from social media as Sweet Annie O.D. Uh, Annie is someone that I have been, uh, yeah, very happy to get to know via social media in recent months. Uh, she is a very entertaining follow. She has her own uh, sports podcast as well, a very knowledgeable and passionate hockey fan, and it was great to connect with her to chat about yeah how she got into the game and some other hockey related topics as well as Mighty Ducks game changers uh, so yeah I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I uh, enjoyed recording it before we get into that just a quick reminder that we are staying Monday to Friday throughout the uh, month of July with the busy uh, NHL schedule offseason uh, you know expansion draft entry draft, free agency, Uh, so please smash that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed, free to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you're able to, uh, or if you want to follow on Twitter, you can do so at LOBostonBruins. On Instagram, we're LockedOnBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, Hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. A lot of you are reacting to my uh, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, Hall, Krejci, Tarasenko uh, tweet from yesterday. Not going to get too much into Tarasenko today, but that wasn't a serious tweet per se. I don't really see that happening. And, you know, I read this morning that uh, the likes of uh, Joe Haggerty at Boston Hockey Now were suggesting DeBrusque Frederick and a first round pick for Tarasenko for me uh, that's a bit too steep of a price Uh, although it would be pretty cool to have a guy like Tarasenko playing for the Boston Bruins anyways maybe we'll get into that more on Monday but uh, for now a very nice long chat with Annie O'Donnell that I hope you enjoy Uh, so let's get to that now shall we I am happy to be joined on the podcast today by Annie O'Donnell. You probably know her uh, from Twitter. Well, I'll let her share her Twitter handle later, but uh, a great uh, hockey fan and puts out some great content and been, uh, yeah, happy to to get to know her a bit over social media in the, I don't know, the last, I don't know, year or so maybe. And uh, yeah, happy to have her on the podcast today. How are you doing today, Annie? Thank you so much for having me, Ian. I'm doing great. A little sad that hockey season's over, but yes. we have a very exciting off season to look forward to with guys on the trade market and the expansion draft and the draft, of course. So um, mm-hmm. even yeah. though even though there's no games going on, uh, us us working in hockey, it's going to be uh, we're going to be busy. So yeah, it's exciting, but I'm just, so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, July, I think, is going to be particularly nutty this year, just with everything, the draft packed in, the free agency, and then expansion draft on top of that. It's going to be probably the busiest July 
since last year when <laughs> when there were actual games being played, I guess. Exactly. But, it was, yeah, it's going to be fun. It was weird past. It, it, I feel like this year and last year, it's usually July 1st, you know, on Canada. Oh, of course, you know about Canada. Yep, yep. Canadian. But, yeah, you know, July 1st is a hockey fan. You're so used to that being free agency and it being just insanity. So this past two years, it's been it's been a little different with uh, having actual games, games to cover. But like you said, this July is going to be uh, it's going to be a wild one. And mm. uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. Me too, for sure. Uh, so I usually start uh, by asking people who come on the podcast kind of how they got into hockey, their hockey origin stories. So, yeah, how did that all come about uh, come about for you? <laughs> well, uh, for those of you that, for those listening that don't know, I am born and raised in Southern California, uh, not traditionally a hockey market, but, uh, my origin story is basically my dad grew up on the East coast and was a huge hockey fan or is a huge hockey fan, excuse me, played growing up. And, um, when he moved out here with my mom and had me and my brothers and put all of us on skates at a very early age. So oh, hockey nice. has been in and around my family for all time. <laughs> and, um, I, I say all the time that uh, I spent more time in ice rinks than I did at the beach, uh, being a San Diego <laughs> native here. And which is very true. All my brothers, uh, played travel hockey and I spent my weekends. I was a rink rat growing up, spent my weekends going to games. And when I got my license was driving my brothers to practice, but right. I've always just loved the game. Um, showed an interest in sports at a very early age. And my dad has been, was great about really harnessing that and embracing it. And, um, you know, telling me stories about him going to games as a kid and, you know, teaching me some history of the beautiful game itself. And, um, yeah, I've been in love for, <laughs> it's been a, a love hate relationship with hockey ever since there's, uh, it's, I think it's the best sport in the world, but as a uh, saying, I'm sure, you know, a best sport, worst league. So it's been a right. little frustrating at times, but, um, and then also, um, being, I'm a nineties kid through and through, and, um, I know we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I was, religiously obsessed with the mighty ducks trilogy as a child watched it on repeat uh can still recite most of d2 word for word as that being my favorite movie oh, and yeah and um you know when when the ducks uh came to anaheim back in 93 i was still very young but when i got to you know when i was old enough i kind of said i picked them as my team and it's been uh it's been a ride ever since right now. Not so great, but, uh, that's part of being a sports fan. You ride the roller coaster, the ups and downs, there's good years, there's bad years, but yeah, that's how I came to be a hockey fan. Very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask as a follow-up why the ducks over other California teams, but you kind of already answered that. Um, yeah, I've got well, your dad though. Who did he cheer for back when he was on uh, the East coast? He, believe it or not, uh, was a Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh, wow. So huge Habs fan. Um, did, that, did that stick or did he, did he switch oh, allegiance? Yeah, absolutely. He so, brought that out. All of us, me and my brothers all kind of have the Habs as our second team, the team that we have to root for <laughs> in a sense. I mean, you look at uh, pictures of us growing up. We're all in like Habs t-shirts and pajamas. He tried, he really tried to get <laughs> one of us to, to hop on with our favorite team. But I mean, we had the, we, we well, as of was re, despite recently, you know, having the ducks and the Kings very close and putting mm -hmm. for the most part, pretty entertaining hockey for the last 20 years. It's been, uh, it's been fun. So, um, but one really funny thing was, uh, I don't know if you remember or if you ever saw these, but on NHL.com, like way, this is before fanatics took over the shop, but way back in the day, um, they had these like light 
light fixtures like around the holidays oh, oh, where it was, yeah, like, a yeah. light up hockey player and they had each and every team and with all of us so two of my me and one of my brothers are ducks fans two of my brothers are kings fans one is a shark the youngest is a sharks fan because he wanted to be so different from all right. of us whatever yeah, that <laughs> so but my dad bought a montreal canadians hockey guy to put out in front of the house and I remember all of us asking, well, why don't we get one for each of our teams? And he said, when you pay the mortgage, you can have your team represented. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, it, you know, I want to say unrequited uh, support for the team, but no, we were definitely pulling for them uh, in the final, uh, well, this past couple of yeah. weeks. So. so is your dad in mourning today or? I, I don't think he's in, he's, he's disappointed because I mean, it was such an unexpected run for the right. team and such a fun one to watch. But I mean, at the end of the day, Tampa Bay is such a good team yeah. and they deserve to win the cup, uh, despite being slightly over the salary cap, but for we sure, won't get yeah. into that. Yeah. But I mean, it was, they, I mean, beating Toronto in seven games, sweeping the jets and then taking down the golden Knights. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it was, uh, there's nothing really to be disappointed about if you're a Habs fan. So yeah. Certainly something to build off of. And I think he's, you know, it would be different if it was, if, you know, they had battled back and went to seven games and it came down to, to a game seven there. But I, I, he was kind of, he knew coming back three games to none against the Tampa, a team like the Tampa Bay lightning was, was going to be a tall order. So for sure. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there right now. They have a limited time flavor called grasshopper cookie available this week. Only from July 6th to 9th, you can get the new Built Bar flavor. It's basically their version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. It has 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. We got a box of those uh, the other week. I wasn't able to eat them because uh, they're not gluten-free. But my wife had them and she raved about them. She thought they were delicious. Now, you can get a mixed box with a bunch of different Built Bar flavors by going to Built.com and using promo code LOCKEDON. You can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or the Raspberry or Cookies and Cream, whatever flavor you like. They are all amazing. It'll be interesting to see what uh what the Habs do to build off of this. this yeah, season. it was a it was a nice. Even I, as a Bruins fan, was actually rooting for for the Habs for a few different reasons. But I mean, it would have been cool to for Carey Price to get a cup. I love the the young guys they have in Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. It, it was quite a run for. I probably would have felt differently if it was traditional divisions and they had come out of the Atlantic or you know right. since it was all Canada. There wasn't quite that rivalry this year, but still, it's objectively fun to watch them go on that run this season, uh, I think, anyways. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, Carey Price, Shea Weber. I mean, those are guys you want to mm-hmm. see. You want to see lifting the Stanley Cup. Uh, I mean, Corey Perry, maybe not abs- as much. I w- but, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, that's my man. Let's let's. <laughs> It pains me that he's lost two cup finals in a row. It just, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure some people are relishing in that and loving it uh, for those that remember his grinding days on the ducks. But uh, you know, I think I, we, we talk about it. And I know players talk about it when you win the cup so young, which, you know, the, that core group and of Ryan gets and Corey Perry mm-hmm. did back in 2007. I feel like you really don't actually like Tyler Sagan did with the Bruins yeah, in 2011, exactly, yeah. you know, you really, you don't appreciate it as much, you know, you don't realize how hard it is to get back there. So, and then you see, you know, I imagine like 
I mean, Perry and Getzlaff were on teams with guys like Timu Solani, Sean Thornton, mm-hmm. like those guys where no, Sean Thornton wasn't. No, no, no. Excuse me. Like Brad May. Sean Thornton was on the Bruins. Excuse me. Wait, Sean Thornton was on that. Or Scott. Team, was it Scott? Scott Thornton? No. I nah. don't know. Steven or Niedermeyer, Pronger, all yeah. those guys. Yeah. I mean, well, Chris Pronger, yeah. I was going to say Niedermeyer had already won cups in New Jersey. So, I mean, I really didn't. Well, I love Scotty. I, I mean, I was kind of part of me in 2007 was still very salty about that 2003, uh, 2003 oh, cup final series against the Devils for the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. But anyway, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, you know, now Perry's had that full career. He's had the Hart Trophy. You know, he's he's what mid thirties now. And now he's mm. got two chances to win it and uh, coming up short. I, I feel for the guy, uh, despite yeah. how I understand why some people don't really like him and his style of play. But I mean, he was one of the best players for the Habs during mm. majority of the playoffs, not some of the final. It was a little, I feel like a lot of guys really didn't step up, but for majority of that, that of that playoff run, he, he really stepped up, especially after that unfortunate incident with John Tavares in the first round. Yeah. So I bet he'll, I, be, he'll be in high demand this offseason, I bet, just because he's, yeah, he's been to the final the last couple of years. He's been one of those, like, bought-out players that has gone, kind of jumped around a bit, but been successful wherever he's landed so far. So I bet, yeah, right. yeah he'll be, uh, he won't be short of suitors this uh, this summer, I don't think, if he doesn't want to stay in Montreal anyways. It was interesting. It's interesting when people ask, you know, about the buyout with the Ducks. And while it was painful and I hated the, all that being the end for him in Anaheim at this stage in the game, at this stage where Corey's at in his career and where the Ducks are, I think at the end of the day, it was the best decision for both parties. I mean, he mm-hmm. gets to go and chase a cup for two years. I mean, I look at poor Ryan gets Sure. He's staying with the Ducks, but he's nowhere near chasing a cup right now. So right. I, at the end of the day, it was the best decision, you know, ducks up against the cap and Perry just wasn't producing for right. $8 million worth, you know, back when, you know, he was dealing with a knee injury. He was out for majority of the year. It, as like, I kind of reiterating, you know, as painful as it was to see that era end for him in Anaheim in the way that it did in a buyout, um, it ended up being the best I think for him. So um, I'm all for him getting another chance to lift the cup. You mentioned that, uh, 2003, uh, championship i was actually working at camp a summer camp in maine during that uh series that i sat down every night watched it on like i think it was on abc at that point yeah and back it's in the kind day. of yeah it's kind of uh you know it wouldn't be seen the same now because of what we know about head injuries and stuff but the paul Correa getting hit by scott stevens and then coming back and scoring in that same game that's probably one of my favorite hockey moments of all time like it was unreal how like he probably wouldn't be allowed to come back in the game (laughs) uh, now but the fact that he did and scored that was that was unreal he was one of my favorite players for sure absolutely when he was in his prime absolutely I mean that's still one of my very early hockey memories I was I was just I think I just turned 10 years old when that game was happening. So it's still very, very fresh in my memory and how terrified all of us were on the couch when he was just motionless on the ice. But like you said, definitely not a situation. I mean, he'd have to go through how many levels of concussion protocol. And then you think about how Paul had to call it. Paul Korea had to call a career early because of, Mm -hmm. you know, concussion and head injury. And it's just so so unfortunate, but he has his place in the hall of fame and rightfully deserved. Um, It just pains me that he is, uh, he is without a Stanley cup in his career, but uh, 
you know, lots of great players joined that list with him uh, being cupless. So yeah, for sure. Fun fact. I, uh, I used to work for the score up here in Toronto Yeah, yeah. and I got sent to cover the hall of fame induction Sarah, not the worm where they give the speeches, but the ceremony where they're given their rings and stuff. And I was able to go the year that Korea and Solani got um, added together. Uh, so oh, I was actually that's... there that day when they got their rings and they were, the plaques were put up and stuff, um, which was so amazing. That's so, I mean, yeah, was really cool. I, oh, that's so cool. Like at the mm-hmm. fact that they got to be inducted together, just really, yeah. I mean, anybody that watched them, you know, would just, even if you didn't root for the team, they, the teams that, cause they played together in Colorado. Uh, but right, yep. even if, you know, you didn't root for the teams that they played on together, I mean, that's a duo that was just so fun to watch. And yeah, you know, for sure. You yeah. Think, that was amazing. You think back, you think to today and you kind of think of all the duos, you know, that we have now. And I, I mean, the game is changing. The game is evolving, but I, I think, for the credit that, you know, and I, I give credit to the Kings a lot for their growth of hockey in Southern California, but people don't give a lot of credit to Paul Korea and the impact he had mm. on Southern California hockey. I mean, being the first Ducks draft pick and in a very like Southern California used to be just such a dry hockey market before Gretzky, before the Ducks came. And, you know, the fact that you have kids of that, you know, there's a largely, you know, Asian American population here. And for kids to see somebody like them, like Paul Korea, who was part of that community playing hockey. I mean, it's huge. And not a lot yeah. of people talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's I never really thought about it like that. That's really interesting. Yeah, he like, definitely like was we, one of my favorites for sure. Like we always say, like we've been saying, like representation matters. So mm-hmm. it's, and I know you and I are both all in on the, the hockey is holding the league and the sport accountable when they yes. say hockey is for everyone. So I, I think you got to give credit to those that um, maybe that we're moving mountains before there was social media, before the movement of be, really started. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Now to bring it kind of more to um, current day ducks, they are really, I would say not if maybe not at the center, but near the center of, of Jack Eichel trade talks. A lot of Bruins fans have fantasies of him playing kind of near home. But for me, I think he'll either be going to the Ducks, the Kings, maybe the Rangers. What's your, what's your sense on a, if you want Jack Eichel as a duck and what it would take to make it happen. And if it will indeed happen, do you think it's he's California bound or do you think he'll be traded somewhere else? Let me tell you, I thinking I've Jack Eichel has been on my mind. Just the whole trade aspect <laughs> has been on my mind a lot. The last, not Jack Eichel, the person, but the whole trade. Yeah, aspect. Yeah. Um, sure. He's a nice guy, but I don't think about yeah, him like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, I do not want to be, uh, if there's one guy, I do not want to be this off season. It's Kevin Adams. Mm, uh, sure. Not at all. I, I think you, well, for one, I mean, him coming in last year and he, kind of inherited this mess that is the Buffalo Sabres right. and here you've got in the first year you've got a horrible team for one but Jack Eichel getting injured and now there's discrepancies between him and the medical staff and mm-hmm. now saying hey you know you've got the last year before his no movement clause kicks in on a very high contract you know you if you're gonna trade him you gotta make sure the return is as big and as good as you can get. And right now though, your back's pretty up against the wall because every other team knows that there's a discrepancy between Jack's camp and the team and the medical staff. So I, 
do I want the Ducks to go from, I mean, on paper, Jack Eichel, one of the best in the league. I would absolutely love to have him in Anaheim. The medical issue with the neck, and I saw something where his back might possibly need something. Yeah, I saw that too. I was confused if that person was messing up the neck or back injury or if it was a combination of the two. That was uh, that seemed like a new revelation that he has a back problem as well. Right. I wouldn't be surprised because I know, I mean, I'm not a, uh, what, what, what do they call it? I'm not big into anatomy or, you know, <laughs> yeah. orthopedics, but <laughs> I know the neck and the back are pretty, you know, as far as the spine and then, you know, the neck, you know, those important. Yeah. Discs, you know, they're connected and they can be important. So I wasn't surprised if, oh, hey, maybe something transferred there. But, you know, I think if you're going to make a trade for Jack Eichel, if you're going to shell out, you know, picks, prospects, you know, NHL ready talent. You got to do your due diligence. You got to make sure that, Hey, if we, the, how bad is the situation and if have your medical staff also look at if they can, I'm not sure the legalities there with HIPAA and everything, but have your team doctors look at, you know, the exact injury and say, Hey, would you let him have this operation that his team is so persistent to get, but the Sabres are very skeptical about now. A few keys for, I think, a team to land Jack Eichel. I mean, key is the cap space. I mean, you got $10 million, I think, for the next five years, which is, I mean, that's no heavy hit, especially the flat cap next year. And you think about a lot of the teams that are in on the running for him. And you've already, like, I think about the Kings and you've got Kopitar, you've got Dowdy that are both making around that $10 million camp. If you add Jack Eichel to that, that's over $30 million tied up in three players. Like, do you, like, you got to think that's around 40% of your entire cap, which is a lot, a lot to take up in three players. Granted, they also have a lot of young talent coming in. So maybe you can, you know, Rob Blake can play around with the cap that way for the ducks to make an offer. And I've been, the last I heard was that the ducks were not willing to do what the Sabres first initially wanted from them. And my guess is that they wanted Zegers or Drysdale in on that package, which if I'm Bob Murray, I want off the table. I'm not yeah. letting anybody touch them. You know, I think I even heard maybe they were asking for both, <laughs> which would be insane. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridic- for an injured Jack Eichel. Are you yeah. kidding me? And that's the other thing. Sabres fans are like, give us the third overall pick Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale. It's like, get out of here. Yeah. I was like, this is not Connor McDavid. We're talking about, we're talking about an injured, injured Jack Eichel here. Like you got to think that he's probably like, I don't want to call him clear. He's not damaged goods, but he's definitely on clearance right now. So I think Kevin Adams, while you should be looking to get the best return possible, I think you also need to be realistic about what you can possibly get. And I think the one thing he's trying to avoid is, you know, the Ryan O'Reilly situation all over against Buffalo, but for sure. I think the Ducks could build a pretty decent package surrounding that third overall pick. I mean, this is a draft. I, I take the the news and people saying that this is not a very, you know, high caliber draft. I take it very lightly. Cause I mean, how many NHL players do we know that have been slept on in the draft? So the fact that these guys are all eligible to be drafted into the national hockey league means they have some form of talent, but this is also a very like all the top guys are all defensemen and the ducks need goal scoring. That's the number one thing they need. They had an atrocious power play this past year. I think it was 8.94% the entire season. Just God awful. Can't get much worse. So and then this year, they've got a lot of money coming off the books. Ryan Getzlaff is a free agent. He'll probably, my guess is he'll re-sign for 
a lot less than $8 million, yeah, of course. for sure. My guess is the one $2 million camp is what he'll sign for. He wants to, he's a local. He wants to stay in Orange County. Well, he's from Canada, but his wife's from Orange County. He's got four kids, you know. I don't see any, unless he wants to go chase a cup and be with a competitor, I really don't see a reason for him to yeah. leave Anaheim. But a lot of money coming off the books. You got the expansion draft uh, with the Kraken. My, you know, my guess is they can't expose Silverberg because he's injured, but my guess is Adam Henrique will be exposed. And if I'm the Kraken and I see Henrique available, I don't see a reason not to grab him. So that's a potential for money coming off the books. Although we should probably ask Chanel about that. She probably has more insight on <laughs> yeah, what the true. Kraken are going to do in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Another but, guy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, but um, I do think you can build a, a good package around that third overall pick. I think, you know, you got guys, you know, Troy Terry and Sam Steele mm. who've shown a lot of promise. Max Comtois had a great year this mm. year. It would pain me to see him go, but um, you know, when it comes to, you don't want to, when it comes to trading for these guys, you don't want to kill the farm. You don't want right. to burn it down. You don't want to trade away all the work that you've done the last few years. And for Bob Murray, he's in the last year of his contract. And he's been in this position since 2000, the 2008, 2009 season when uh, Brian Burke stepped down. And honestly, the fact that the ducks have not been to a cup final in his tenure shows like, the ownership owes him no loyalty. Like the fact that you didn't even get this, you've gotten us to two Western conference finals, which is great, great, but never to the cup final. So this is make or break for him at this point. Yeah. And you know, the, you, you've missed the playoffs the last three years and going, it'll be a fourth year. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. And you know, I remember there was that really bad losing streak back in 2000, I want to say 2018, 2019, where they just could not tie two wins together for the life of them. Yeah. And he was just, it was that time where he fired Randy Carlisle and he stepped in behind the bench uh, to kind of evaluate the situation. He said, no, these players need to step up. They're better than this. Well, it's been three years. You really haven't changed too much despite a couple of trades here and there, but nothing, it's still the same core group of guys and it's been three years and nothing's changed. So unless ownership is complacent with losing, which I know they're not because Hey, in orange County, it's all, you know, not orange County, but in sports, it's all about money. All, you know, yep. ownership wants that playoff revenue. And if they're not making the playoffs for four straight years, that's a problem without some, some direction towards, uh, you know, more positive movement. So right, right, I, right, it's right. a, it's a make or break year for Bob Murray and Hey, you don't, my, if he can trade for Jack Eichel without trading a Zegris or a Drysdale, I say go for it. Mm -hmm. Now, what the Bruins and Ducks have made a couple deals in recent years or last season, I guess. Yes. And there's sir. another guy that seems to be coming up a bit in uh, trade, I don't know, reports or rumors. And that's uh, Ricard Raquel, who would look very nice on the uh, Bruins' right side. Um, do you see him being moved this year? He's got one year left on his deal. Um, is he part of the, the long-term plan or could he be maybe be uh, packaged and sent to a team like the Bruins? I could definitely see him being traded. I could, I honestly, I was very shocked that he was not traded at the deadline last mm. year, but I get it. You know, he was injured. He had a bad collision with Kyle Clifford. I want to say the end of March and that sidelined him a little bit. So I'm sure, you know, the interest level for him dropped after that. Plus Bob's a guy, Bob Murray's a guy that, you know, when he's, he's either bargain Bob or he values his players so high where a deal <laughs> never really happens. And he said at least a first round pick and an NHL ready player for Ricard Raquel, Ooh. which that price is going to drop significantly yeah, now because no you don't, you don't have two playoff runs with him. 
His cap hit is very friendly. I mean, it's just under $4 million, but I don't see the ducks resigning him just because he's going to demand a lot more money next um, when he's a free agent next year and him being 29 years old, that's not really the duck, the direction the ducks are willing to go, especially it doesn't really fit in with their rebuild. So I see them, I, I see him getting traded or risk, uh, you know, Ricard Raquel walking away for walking away for a higher contract elsewhere and the ducks being held, uh, being left with nothing. So I definitely, I like the fit with him in Boston. I really do. Hmm. He's a guy he's, I mean, he could play both sides of the wing. He's a great two-way player, loves to shoot the puck still. It's not that he's not getting chances to score. He is, he's shooting the puck. He's getting pucks on net, but I mean, it just feels like a change of scenery for him would really benefit him. Cause we've, you know, I mean, who was to say that his peak was, what was it? 2008, 2017, 2018. He, so, had, yeah. he had 30, over 30 goals in a season. Maybe he can't get back there, but he can certainly get back in that 25 goal range. I think so. I mean, Hey, I think he even played, he's even played center before. So this is a guy that's mm-hmm. very flexible. Can put, you can put him where you want him. Uh, if I'm the Bruins, if I'm Don Sweeney, I mean, Don Sweeney and Bob Murray probably have each other's mm. numbers on speed dial at yeah. this point. So I say, I say, go for it. If the, I mean, if the Bruins want to give us like, that's I actually made like a TikTok about this yesterday, but I said, oh, Hey, wow. if there's like a bottom sit, if there's a forward that's just struggling to crack that top six or Hey, even that top nine, like I think a young for like, a, I mean, and this is uh, like a Jake DeBrusque I would love, but yeah, I know that's yeah. a, that's a touchy, <laughs> that might be a touchy topic for a lot of Bruins fans on here. But, uh, I mean, I, the key is goal scoring help. So I, if there's anybody and a young player that can score a lot of goals and wants to come that is willing to come play for Anaheim, I say, bring them on over. Yeah. I mean, Nick Ritchie has fit in pretty well. I, I really feel bad for Andre Kasha and how things have played out with him. I don't know if he'll be brought back or if someone else will take a chance on him but yeah there is that history there for sure and um it was it broke my heart to see so many because so many Bruins fans were so down on Nick Ritchie for the longest time and you know seeing his potential in Anaheim I was just like you know you know just give him time give him time so I'm very happy that he's doing well in Boston Mm -hmm. and um, the fans have really warmed up to him and we um you know, I, we love having Dan Heinen on the team. I love him as a player. Yeah. So I hope he sticks around. I hope, but if, you know, he's left exposed, I, if I'm the crack and I'm, I'm not, yeah, he was I don't know if I would sure. pass up that opportunity either. Well, to bring things full circle, you mentioned uh, the Mighty Ducks off the top uh, and we have kind of discussed game changers uh, on uh, social media a couple of times. And uh, not to get kind of too deep into the plot points or whatever, but what were your overall impressions of, of that Disney plus series? Did it kind of, uh, was it faithful to the uh, original material, like catching the spirit? Was it, uh, did it live up to your expectations or, or how'd you feel about it overall? I really went into it with no expectations Mm. because I hold the trilogy so close to my heart and, you know, it, it, I think I believe this about a lot of things in sports, actually. I think that, you know, a series or a spinoff or a reboot or some, something, you know, and I say this, like if a player wears a certain number that, you know, an old player that you really like wears, I said, you know, it only tarnishes the original. It only hearts the legacy of the one before it. If you let it like sports fans have a lot of power in that where it only really, if you want to let it, 
distract and ruin the legacy of the one before it, it will. But if you Mm -hmm. don't, if you treat it as something totally new, then it has the chance to do something great. And I, I mean, I went into it because thinking like spinoffs, you know, I'm not a huge fan of reboots. I'm really not. So I just kind of went into it with a clean slate, but I was pretty entertained. I I was expecting a very Disney channel kind of esque show, kind of like girl meets world, how they tried to do that (laughs) spinoff with boy meets world. But I was pretty, I mean, I loved the, you know, the fact that they made it very modern for today's, you know, child or teenager but they also had a lot of nods to the original trilogy in there and i'll admit i was kind of losing interest in it around i want to say the fourth or fifth episode Mm, i was kind of like "Eh, i don't know about this but um i watched i still tuned in for the next episode and it was the one where uh, all some of the original ducks came back and i honestly that episode made me it was so nostalgic it made me so happy i i don't know what it was about it but just all seeing all of them come back and some of their mannerisms so still the same. I, it was, I mean, from there, I was like, okay, this is a new series. All right, I'll keep watching it. And I thought it got better, um, got better near the end as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I, my favorite kind of nod to, um, to the original series was, you know, Logan, the kid that has all the expensive hockey gear that gets yeah, all the yeah. girls, but he can't skate. He can't play hockey. And, you know, Bombay is teaching him how to skate and all of a sudden he starts skating and he crashes into the, he can't stop. He crashes into that. I immediately thought of Luis Mendoza in the second right, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. where he couldn't stop. And then of course, like, you know, when he's doing the pancake flip and they call it, you know, a breakfast move. But I was like, that's the Michigan. Like, what are you? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about here? They call it but, the uh, pancake or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I liked, how you know them bringing them wearing the old jerseys in the yeah, last out. sorry true. spoiler alert uh yeah, well, it's 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 long enough now <laughs> long enough now long enough now but um and one thing and i've been very one of my like corpses i've been very critical of bombay's coaching style for the most <laughs> part but i did love you know remember in the first movie where they had the eggs to practice yeah, soft yeah. oh yeah yeah pun, and they used their phones, phones yeah that was a nice nice modern that was uh, great. twist on that it was sure. great and then uh oh, well, yeah, the gimmicks, but like the flying V at the very end, I was like, okay, that's a little, yeah. a little much there. Like we all were practicing the flying V during practice, really. But <laughs> I, I was like, what's next? You're going to go to a shootout and you're going to have the triple D click. Come on. Like it's, <laughs> but despite that, I mean, I like that it was very Minnesota based. Um, I've never been to Minnesota, but a lot of uh, my Minnesota friends said there were a lot of, you know, sights and sounds and the way, you know, the hockey parents are. Mm, yeah, and yeah. I know you've got kids. I don't know if they're old enough to play hot, if they're playing, you know, they are, yeah. oh, fun. Yeah. But, um, you know, you've got the uh, just growing up with brothers, even in Southern California, where it's not a huge hockey market. I mean, you have some very intense hockey parents right. that are just, you know, controlling their kids every move. And you had some like some of the ducks, moms and parents. I said, oh, <laughs> yeah. God, this is very bad deja vu here. <laughs> I did. Uh, I my favorite part or my favorite character was definitely that uh, kid, Nick. Nick, uh, he's he carried he's so the funny. comedic presence of oh, that for show. Sure. He's like a, like a young, uh, I won't say young Chris Farley, but he was, yeah, he was hilarious. And the scene with him and that Logan kid where they were talking about how Nick was like saying that he was uh, jealous of Logan. And then Logan was talking about how he was jealous of him because he had uh, his parents had split up and Nick had the two moms that loved him. Like that, that really was one of the highlights for me. Just like it really captured kind of like, 
the heart of the ducks, just like as a team, their teammates, they're there for each other. I really, I really liked that. Absolutely. That bit for sure. That was Absolutely. really cool. It's, it's such a Disney. I feel like Disney's so good about tying in those really, those good life lessons into their entertaining series and also like the little hidden messages in there. But that was a very touching scene. I liked for that sure. a lot yeah, as well. Nice. Also, the fact that Nick's a podcaster, I thought that was yeah. really fun. He's actually a rapper too. I just saw, I, follow him on instagram now and he posted like a, a teaser for this rap song that he's putting out about it's like an anti-bullying rap that he's he's gonna be dropping soon so I, i'm pretty excited to see oh my god that sounds like i know he does it all to, i'm gonna have to tune in for that oh my the god man. we got yeah. it i was gonna say have they signed on for a second season is that happening i still don't I, know i would think so i haven't I haven't seen an official announcement yet, but it, it left it pretty open-ended for a, a season two. I, was I say, bet if it was popular, I think it was pretty widely watched. Maybe not as big as they were hoping it would be, but yeah, I think uh, I would I would be surprised if it doesn't come back for another season. I think I think it's very hard. I mean, sure, you're channeling this whole era of people like you know like us that grew up with the original trilogy but you're also disney plus you're also competing with this marvel renaissance here where you've got what wandavision falcon and the winter soldier and now loki like you're kind of competing for um for some time when it comes to these you know these little mini series here but i hope it does i really hope we get another season would love to see them how it bombay does a full season behind Mm -hmm. the bench you know i i liked the group of people that came i thought it was a very good diverse group i mean you had fulton one of the bash brothers you had <laughs> yeah. adam banks uh you had you know the the sweetheart couple gee and connie and then kenny Wu and averman i was like yeah, that's a yeah. solid representation there you got one of the bash brothers you got probably the best skilled player on the team you got the lovebirds one of the girls maybe and then uh, averman the comedic the comedic relief and then kenny Wu, one of the <laughs> one of the new guys from the from one of the new ducks to join the flock in d2 so i if it does renew for another season, would love to see some more of the Ducks. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully Goldberg can uh, clean himself up a bit and, and get he, back in he there. Has, he, apparently he has, though. He's really getting his life together. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah I'm very – we're good to see. And, of course, every time I post something – I on TikTok, I'll like do some like Mighty Ducks videos. And, you know, every time someone – which I've known this for years, but – Everyone comments. Did you know Dean Portman's married to Adina Menzel? I said yes. I, I, I oh, know really? That. I did not know that. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Which I go. can't think of Adina Menzel without thinking of that awful taxidermy commercial last year in the playoffs. But oh right, yeah. Tara, Tara, look at her go. Oh wait, you did you guys not get that? Because you're in Canada. <sighs> Probably not. I don't think so. We don't okay. get those. Well, those good commercials. The Bruins, oh, it was not good. It was not good. The Bruins <laughs> fans, the Bruins fans in the States listening will know, and they'll probably be like, damn it, Andy, why don't get that stuck in my head again? Yeah, it was yeah. that one. And the, they had uh, Paul Bissonette and Ryan Whitney doing this oh, right. you know, New Amsterdam commercial, which I really, uh, bringing back Ryan, Whit- bringing Ryan Whitney back into relevance is just the worst thing to ever happen to me <laughs> because I cannot, I mean, he's the guy back in 2009 that Bob Murray traded away for Chris Kunitz. Kunitz and that right. year they went on to win the Stanley cup in Pittsburgh. Yep. And we, Ryan Whitney was just abysmal for the ducks yeah. and ended up being traded to the Oilers just the last year. So we, that's one of the worst trades in ducks history. Yeah, but yeah. so every time I see his face on my feet, I was like, get out of my life, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they do do a second season, I would love to see uh, Keenan Thompson in there. That would be pretty cool. 
Yes. Well, they Joshua do Jackson of- would be nice, but he's, uh, he's maybe he big time them. I think he had like a scheduling conflict, which is why he wasn't in season one. Joshua, I feel like he big times a lot of the Ducks events. He <laughs> yeah. really does. Like they had a 20, I want to say like a 20 year reunion or 25 year reunion not too long ago. And they all gathered at this house and Joshua Jackson was the only guy that wasn't there. I was Ouch. like, bro, like, yeah. you know, don't forget where you started, man. Seriously. Like, I, I mean, Keenan Thompson has a better career than he does right now. Yeah, totally. I don't even know what Joshua Jackson's, I don't know what Joshua da- Jackson did after Dawson's Creek. So come on, Josh. Roll back yeah, up. Yeah. Round sure. up the ducks. Let's go. Well, Annie, I am so thankful that you uh, were able to spend some time chatting today and it's been great to get you on the podcast long time coming for sure. And, and hopefully we can, uh, if there's an Eichel trade to Buffalo or if Raquel does come over to Boston, it'd be great to, uh, to chat again. Where can people uh, find you on uh, Twitter, Instagram, if they don't uh, follow you already, which I don't know why they wouldn't, but where, uh, where can they find you? <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for having me. This was an absolute blast. Uh, You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at SweetAnnieOD. My podcast is OD on Sports, and it's on every streaming, everywhere you get your podcasts. And yeah, that's where you can find me. If you like talking sports, if you like, uh, <laughs> I tweet about a lot of other things besides sports, but most, mostly sports takes up my, my feed there, but yeah, I love talking. I love talking sports with anybody with any team. So, uh, feel free to give me a follow. I usually follow back and yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks again uh, so much. And we'll definitely connect, uh, again, maybe this off season or, or when hockey gets started up again, for sure. Absolutely, Ian. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Annie. Have a great rest of the day. You too.